Welcome to the Winning at Business podcast. In my previous life as a tennis coach, I never once coached a racket or a ball. It was always the player. I believe business is also a game. As a business owner, the better you understand the rules and play that game will give you the best chance of winning. With my co-host, Shirley Heron, we discuss, unpick, and often rant about the challenges business owners like you face on a daily basis. The topics are driven by the conversations I have with my coaching clients and how they overcome their external and internal barriers that get in the way of winning. So, uh, it's that time of year, Shirley. It is. Yeah, and um, I've been spending a lot of time with with clients uh, looking at what 2023 looks like. Mm Mm-hmm. So it all started off with we we did a group session in October, which seems crazy early, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, to start thinking about 2023. But it was really good; it was really useful. So we spent a day looking at how people set goals, um, what goals are important to them, some of the different methods. Like you know, I've introduced the Wheel of Life to a few of them, which is like a, a life coaching tool, I guess. Mm-hmm. But also, I've got my own version, which is like the Wheel of Business, where we mm-hmm. look at what areas of business. Are you satisfied with not and so on and so forth and then we looked at actually well what goal setting processes can you use what's important to you what what did you feel you didn't achieve this year what were you you know dissatisfied with in terms of progress how can you change that next year and then we've been spending a lot of time individually working on kind of refining those those goals and putting plans in place yep and actually structuring it because it's all very well going there's a goal, there's a pretty picture of a Maserati in the desert. Yeah. <laughs> but you've actually got to do some work. And then it takes time to actually figure out what mm. your goals should be. You know, it's all very well. Everyone goes, oh, you know, nice holiday, fancy car, whatever. But actually really sitting and thinking and considering what goals do I actually need or want for the coming year can require quite a lot more thought, can't it? Yeah, and, and I, I, you're right. And some people take longer than others to reflect on it. Um, others, you know, I, it was it was really it's a fascinating exercise because I did definitely have some people who, within two days, have gone right. This is what I'm going to do next year. Mm. And this is why. And other people, I'm still waiting to hear from. Yeah. Which, is, which is fine because mm. you know, everybody takes their own time. So we compounded that with you know last week or a few days ago, we did another group session, all about um, basically to perform to win so high performance so taking my background in, in, in sports coaching thinking about um, the things that you need to put in place so your your mindset you know your attitudes towards stuff the environment that you're in the team that you, you have around you um, mm-hmm. th- those sorts of things and <coughs> we excuse me um so we went through all, all, all of those sort of areas and, and got people to, to think about um, behaviours was another one, for mm-hmm. example. But to, to think about, and this, this might sound a little bit strange, but to think about what excuses and reasons they were going to come up with in, say, 12 months' time as to why they hadn't achieved their goals and to tackle them in advance mm. now rather than waiting until those things happen yeah so an example is um business habits so one of the sections was about habits behaviors that your business can exhibit um to be consistent to make sure that you're turning up 
regularly. And, and you know, if you're going to build an email list, for example, the, the basic golden rule is, you know, build, build the list, make friends with it, and then put good offers in front of it. But to make friends with that list, you've got to be consistent. You mm. can't, you know, sporadically send emails. You, you, you've got to pick a day, you've got to pick a rough time, and you need to not miss. Yeah. You know, and that email needs to be well thought through. It needs to be uh, a consistent message. There needs to be a consistent call to action. And you need to be almost a little bit boring with the process <laughs> of doing it. Mm. Um, but if you, if you, if you kind of miss a couple of weeks, you can't go out of people's heads. Mm. Um, and it was just, it's just, uh, it was the conversations we've been having with people around um, recognizing, or actually whether they recognize that the excuses that, or the reasons, let's use the word reasons, the reasons they've come <laughs> up with this time around as to where you maybe why they're not as far ahead as they would like. Uh, most people will just say, oh, okay, well, I know that now, so it won't happen. Mm. But actually, without facing it head on and actually understanding why that roadblock is in place in the first place, mm. it is going to happen again. Mm. I just don't know. I, I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, it's not it's not something I think most people want to kind of spend time thinking about. But those reasons and um, and roadblocks that come up often come up consistently you know each year there's a reason why gyms do really well in january sure. you know because everyone wants to lose weight in in january but then life gets in the way mm. people make excuses and by february everybody's selling their gym equipment that they bought yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and um you know th i think if you can plan and you understand the things the reasons excuses roadblocks that might come up and you can put measures in place of how you could at least recognise that that's going to happen or potentially going to happen, but better how you could mitigate some of those things, then you give yourself a greater chance of success. Um, yeah, because one, one of the things that we talked about, quite deep actually, and I, I'm, you know, I'll put this out, I am not an expert on this subject mm -hmm. by any means. It's I'm very much an, an amateur kind of student of it. But this principle, I guess, of almost self-determination mm. and, and the different levels by which um, we are motivated and, and at a really simplistic level um, it, motivation is determined either externally or internally except there's a huge body of work out there now and research that suggests that actually internal and external motivation is a myth doesn't actually exist. True motivation comes from the joy of doing the task, getting the results from doing that task, so you want to do more of it. Mm -hmm. It becomes a circular type thing. But there are a lot of people who um, get, or, or we have some clients, for instance, I'm sure there are other people out there, whose buzz, okay, reward, if you like, comes from the sale or mm -hmm. comes from somebody else saying, well done. Yeah. You know, there's that external validation piece, if you like. Mm. But if you don't have enough people saying well done to you often enough, mm -hmm. how do you motivate yourself? Yeah, it's not easy. You, you suddenly, suddenly you just... And hit getting a wall, started you? is the hardest bit. You know, it, 
it's the age-old thing of, you know, you've got to get the ball rolling. If you go to the gym, getting started at the gym is the hardest bit. Once you're going and your adrenaline starts pumping and you get those endorphins, it's easier because you've had that Mm. physical well done of the endorphin going through your body. Then you want more of that. So then you go, okay, I know if I do X, I get that endorphin kick. So it it motivates you to get that. But you don't get that in the beginning. You need to create addiction, essentially. But you don't get that at the beginning. At the beginning, it's hard and, and painful and you know it's it's difficult to especially in the winter to get out of bed and you know it's dark and it's cold in the morning and you you know force yourself to go to the gym and you're like oh this is hard it hurts where's the where's the motivation there the thing that carries you through that initial bit is your desire to to actually achieve something but the difficult bit is where does the desire fade and the endorphin or the reward kick in yeah. And if they don't cross at the right point, then your motivation drops before your reward kicks in and you give up. Yes, you do. And I, and I think that's, I, I think it's, it's, a, it's a real problem because the, the, the opposite is also true. You, you only have to miss a couple of sessions at Tuesday Gym for mm. you to very quickly lose that addiction. Yeah. And then you have to find external ways or, or valid, you know, to re validation to restart same with habit tracking you know that the big motivation for a lot of people in habit tracking isn't the thing it's not breaking the streak because they want to be able to tick it off and say i've gone 367 days without i don't know doing x or or you know i've i've meditated 367 days in a row you know they do you want to drop the next day no, but e- even that, and this is, we talked a lot about this, even that, at a level, you're still looking for internal yeah. process reward, which is uh, deemed to be stronger than uh, external rewards. So internal mm. tends to be um, stronger than external. So, so, so the levels basically are somebody else saying to you, well done, you're amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, the next level is, um, well, the next level down, you like the week next week level right is somebody is somebody rewarding you say financially or with a sweet you know mm-hmm. because you you've done well so you actually tangibly uh, you get sort of thing so on both those situations you're reliant on either the sweet or the the, the external validation mm-hmm. then the third is um as you just talked about the tick box you taking control and having the tick box but the fourth and the most powerful is turning up because of the joy yeah of turning up and I always remember just continuing the gym piece. I always remember um, uh, a thing I saw not long ago with Arnold Schwarzenegger, who is in his 70s mm. now. And somebody said to him, so are you still going to the gym? And he said, well, yes, of course I am. And I said, well, how often do you go? And he said, well, six times a week, sometimes seven, sometimes eight. Well, why? Mm. Because I've always done it. Mm. It's who I am. I go to the gym like I brush my teeth. Mm. I go to the gym like I put my shoes on, like I have my dinner, mm. like I hug my children. It is part of the fabric of who I am. It is not something that I do because I choose to do it. It is a core part of me. Why would I stop? Yeah. Now, he doesn't need to have somebody tell him to go. He doesn't need to look in the mirror anymore to see that he's growing he's not competing he's not doing it for vanity maybe he is yeah. he's doing it because he does it mm-hmm. and 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 
when you get to that level, you don't need yourself or anybody else to go, hey, come on, we've got to go. Mm. You just go. Yeah. A friend of mine took um, a six-week sabbatical over the summer and <coughs> basically uh, uh, went out of his front door and walked north. <laughs> wow. <laughs> now, that's quite a challenge. Um, and a big part of it was, like, not no social media, but very limited social media. So, you know, no phone. He kept his phone switched off in his rucksack. Maybe switched it on in the evening just to check in with family, make sure that they knew that he wasn't dead mm. and stuff like that. But other than that, it was just walk, keep walking, put one foot in front of the other. And he found it difficult, don't get me wrong, you know, blisters and, you know, yeah, motivation. Yeah. And he walked through where it was 40 degrees and he walked through pouring rain and stuff. But he did his six weeks. He walked more than 400 miles in six weeks. Um, but the interesting bit for me was he said to me, I feel I've created such a habit of just walking, even if it was, and his whole thing was, however much you hurt or you don't want to do it, is just put one foot in front of the other. And sometimes he might only walk four miles and Mm. sometimes he might walk 24 miles, but the principle was just put one foot in front of the other until you can't anymore. And he said, the interesting bit for me in all of this was he said, coming home, I said to him, you know, are you still he's still walking and he went he said i had about a week where i only did about five thousand steps a day because i was just in you know physically a lot of pain um but he said i feel really weird if i don't walk now so that's interesting so he's created this habit that's become so ingrained that it's weird to not do it now yeah i i get that i've got a friend of mine who originally did it because he did it for charity so there was that external motivator mm. but then he hit his target and it would have been relatively easy to kind of slow down or stop but he kept going and mm. he kept going and it's it's really re- it's kindled something in him mm. that you know he's he's a he's a better person for it he still walks every day he wants to do more he wants to do the whole of the coastal pathway and the whole country around yeah. um but not because not because he wants to raise more money for charity or that might be an aside but he wants to do it now because he just wants to do it mm. there was just no other reason I just I just want to do it yeah why, why shouldn't I and I think it's, it's exactly the same the same thing so I guess you know bringing it back to the, the conversations we were having with people it is it links in with turning up when no one's looking and even when you don't feel like it. When you don't feel like it. When there's nobody to stand on the side and cheer you, cheer on, you yeah. on. You know. Um, it, it's it's just turning up relentlessly and, 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 and doing it when no one is looking. And I think it's, it's hard. Mm. But for a lot of people, for Schwarzenegger, for Neil, for your friend, it's not hard. Mm. You get to a point where it just becomes normal. Just, you know, we all get up every morning. It's not difficult. I appreciate it is for some people, but we put clothes on. It's not difficult. We just do it, don't Mm. we? Um, So uh, I think it's really important. What I think we took, a lot of people took from the day was to understand where you are, what motivates you, 
mm. not make assumptions, but really truly kind of recognize where you fit in, in, in that piece and to make sure you create an environment of people around you or your own systems, if you like, to mm. make sure that you have the right triggers to kick off um, that level of do, if you like, or that level of action that doesn't actually need motivation. So you get to do you point. think that um, people often aim too big and they get... Because I often hear a lot of people saying, oh, you, you know, you're not aiming big enough. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wonder whether sometimes people aim so big or big for them compared to where they are now that um, it either becomes overwhelming or it's just really hard to be consistent. And is it better to do something really small but do it consistently than to try and do this huge thing and be very hit and miss or give up partway through because it's just not working, whatever? What are your thoughts? It's it's a really interesting topic, isn't it? That 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 piece because I, I come back to the my values. Is that it's I don't I don't think it's up to anybody to tell anybody else they're not thinking big enough. Mm. Okay, um, because what's what's big enough is relative to everybody. You know, based on where they are on their journey, how big their business is, how long they've had it, what the t- team size is. You know, somebody aiming for two million pound revenue when you've had a business for eight, nine years, and it's consistently done, I don't know, 1.6, 1.7. Taking that leap to 2 million is not that big. But if you had a if you had a business that's doing, you know, 150, 200 grand, and somebody says, oh, you could be a millionaire and you should go for a million, that's a, mm. that's a big that's step a big leap. to take, yeah. right? Um, and let's not forget that one of the biggest scales you can ever do is going from one to two people. Mm-hmm. You know, that's so you've got two people who are doing that at the moment, taking on their first employee, whatever. Mm. You double everything really difficult and that's hard mm-hmm. whereas if you've got 15 employees already well adding another one or two is neither here or there is it mm. it doesn't matter um so uh, but but i think i think you're right there there's we can overwhelm ourselves with goals that are too big and i don't think there's a problem in fact i i applaud it when people push themselves mm-hmm. and they go okay well i could do that that's a bit safe but actually i would like a little bit I would like a little bit bigger. Mm-hmm. I applaud it when people then take the time to anchor that against something that's personally meaningful for them because then they're much, much more likely to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, pulling, putting a finger in the air and going, I want a million pound business and I want a house with a swimming pool and a new car. Well, whoop de doo I mean, <laughs> uh, why? Why yeah. is that going to make you feel better? And I think that comes back to the motivation, the external mm-hmm. validation. Uh, and when you have those things, What's next? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Roger Federer has just retired very recently, and some people might say he's hung on for four or five years too long. He won everything the game of tennis has to offer him, and then, you know he's got Davis Cup, he's got Olympic gold, he's got the whole, he's got all four Grand Slams multiple times. Mm-hmm. He he's probably the greatest player ever. Why does he keep playing? Yeah, because because he just wanted to keep. Yeah, because he enjoyed okay, it. There's no, there's no external reward. He doesn't need more money, does he? He, <laughs> just, he just, just goes. He just wants yeah. to be better every day. But, but what, what he would have done, and, and, and what I think people can do, is they can take their big goals. He can be a 12-year-old going, I want to win Wimbledon one day. You know, there he is as a 12-year-old. I want to win Wimbledon. There's lots of kids do. 
but that you have to break it down into smaller components. You have mm. to be looking at, okay, well, before I win Wimbledon, yeah. I need to get on the tour. <laughs> before I get on the tour, I've got to win, get onto the challenge tour. In order to get onto the challenge tour, I've got to do some of the satellite. To do that, I've got to be a certain, you know, uh, rating, ranking, certain skill level. So mm. what's the first step? Just over the next three to six months, what are the controllable actions that I can take which will move me in, in mm. the direction towards that ultimate goal? Because then it's not overwhelming. Mm. Do you think it becomes overwhelming <coughs> because people set timescales against it? Just taking that as an example, but you could relate it to business too, is you could set a, a small stepping stone goal, but you don't know how long it's going to take you to achieve that goal always. So for maybe your stepping stone goal is to, I don't know, um, get to £5,000 per month. And there are things you can do to, mm. you know, to, to step your way towards that. But you, you're not always in control of how long that takes. So do you think people overwhelm themselves by saying, in three months I'm going to get to £5,000 a month business? and then get frustrated or overwhelmed because they're not doing that? Or do you think it's better to have that kind of time-bound goal so that they don't slack off too much? Okay, so for me, um, I think deadlines create positive pressure for the right people who are able to handle it. Some people it becomes a stick. Whatever we talked about in terms of motivation, a stick is never a <laughs> thing. You know. um, uh, so it can create undue pressure. The other thing that it does, and we talked about a, lo a lot about this in, in, the, in the locker room meeting, is it makes it easier to see to for you to feel like you failed. Mm. So I'll give you an example. We'll use your example of getting to five thousand pounds a month of revenue, okay, consistently. And you set a target of I don't know thirtieth of September. If you reach that target on the 1st of October, have you failed? Mm. Why, why does an arbitrary day that you picked Yeah, it, it shouldn't meaning? matter. And I think most people in that example will go, no, I haven't failed because it was so close. But what, what if, okay, what what if it's the 1st of November? Yeah, what if it took you another three months to achieve that goal? Have you failed? Depends what you're measuring against, doesn't it? Or were you just a little bit slower? Or was, was it more complex than you thought? Mm. Um, did you learn stuff on the way that means that when you set the next level target, you might get there a little bit quicker? Mm. I think the, the time deadline can be a bit of an arbitrary mm. um, stick to beat ourselves. With. I think it depends on what the goal is, personally. If you, something like that, you know, I want to get to £5,000 a month, I think it's quite hard to say definitively, I will do this by, because there are other things that might get in the way or might happen, and, you know, you're a little bit bound by, for example, the economy at the moment. You mm. know, lots of retailers are struggling because people aren't spending money, but they're not really in... They can incentivize them to spend money, but they're not really wholly in control of how people spend their money. Compared to a different goal, like, um, I don't know, if somebody's wanting to write a book, I will write 100 yes. words per day yeah. every day until I've got the 12,000 words that I need. You're wholly in control of that. You are. Presuming that you're writing the book the right reasons mm. and the joy of writing is enough for you to turn up and write mm. and you're not doing it because somebody else has said to you you should write a book because mm. that comes back to yeah. motivation 
Um, yeah, it, 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 I think it's different in different circumstances. I think, you know, weight's a great example of people trying to lose weight. They will set targets mm. and then be disappointed that they missed the target and give up because mm. they failed rather than going, oh, I have lost. And rather than reframing it and going, okay, I've lost 10 pounds. My target was to lose 12 pounds by this date. I've only lost 10. Mm. I haven't met my target. What's the point? This isn't working. Mm. It's not an exact science, is it? No. Whereas a week later, they could have lost that extra two and, mm. and be happy mm. if they stick at it. Yeah. But overall, have you lost weight? Overall, do you feel better than you did when you started? Overall, do you look better when you when when you started when you look in the mirror in your eyes? Yes, yes, yes. So why does missing out by a week? Yeah, or an arbitrary difference? figure actually matter? Exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, but yeah, I would come back to the goals that you set need to be yours. You do need to plan for all the reasons they may not happen. That's the key bit. But recognise that the reasons that they may not happen are not always, but are as much down to you as they are external factors, and mm. plan for that as well. Mm. Don't don't you know? Don't say take the book for example that we've just come up with. Don't say from scratch I'm going to write 500 words every day for 30 days because I'm going to write a book. And mm. Give yourself 40 days because if you miss a couple of times doesn't hurt then does it mm. yeah i think it depends on what kind of person you are as well because some people will go yes that works for me because i can you know if i'm i don't know ill one day if i don't beat myself up that i haven't achieved that exactly. goal other people will go it doesn't matter if i don't do it today because i've given myself an extra week or an extra 10 days or whatever it is mm. so i can miss today and then they use that as an excuse and go I can miss tomorrow or, you know, it doesn't matter if I don't do it this week. And before they know it, same, same with weight and same with going to the gym. Before they know it, they've stopped for a week and then they're like, oh, what's the point? It doesn't matter, doesn't matter so anymore. Behind, I can't catch yeah. up. Yeah. And uh, that comes back to you have to be self-aware enough to recognise how you work, mm -hmm. what motivates you, where you're going to trip yourself up. Are you setting goals, setting plans that will give you the excuses to slip up or... Mm -hmm keep you, you know, keep you running when, when, when you need to be doing it, when mm. you don't feel like doing it. Um, as always, just interested to know what people yeah. think. Um, drop us a, drop voice notes now, can't you? <laughs> yeah, you can. Drop, drop, drop little voice notes in and let us know what you think. Um, send us a message. Um, we'd love to hear from you. Definitely. You've been listening to Winning at Business. We really hoped you enjoyed this episode. And as always, if you have topics you'd like us to cover, get in touch and we'll do our best to make it happen. Don't forget, you can also get your copy of Hitting the Wall, the book that inspired this podcast from Amazon and other retailers. Bye for now until the next episode.